Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Guys, it's so good to be back. So we skipped last week. I tried to hustle so hard to get last week's episode up and amidst our relaunch amidst our huge influencer tech demo day I dropped the ball and the ball was this podcast so um, this was the one thing that didn't get done last week but I've got such good news to report guys we finally relaunched whim um god it was months of work um probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life um wanted to have this site be phenomenal and this product be as close to perfect as we could get it and we talk a lot on this podcast about oh I don't know just you know the things aren't perfect and that you know we're all flawed and we just try the best that we can um but damn it was going to be as close to perfect as I could get it. So um, this took months. Um, I learned how to do everything from scratch because I needed it to be, I needed to prove something to myself. And maybe one day I'll sort of (laughs) elaborate on uh, the story, the backstory of what led me here and um, why that was so important to me at this period in my life. But Um, I did it guys I'm on the other side of it and um, it launched and um, we had an incredible launch we have a huge amount of members right now which is thrilling Um, we also did simultaneously this giant event that um, we got hundreds of people signed up for which is insane Uh, went off without a hitch and we are actually going to be sharing an encore of it in the Facebook group. This is the first place I'm announcing that. So more details on that soon. But um, if you are interested in checking out our new digs, our new website, it looks so beautiful. Um, You can always check us out. It's IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. If you're interested in a membership, we would love to have you. And as a uh, podcast listener we are giving you guys a very special thank you in a promo code so just type in podcast as a promo code and we'll be giving you 30% off your first year of a VIP membership with us Um, there are so many things that encompass this membership there are other Facebook groups that I belong to that I actually pay for because they're just that good but for this group I I don't know. I couldn't, I don't want it to just be that. I felt like that was sort of a cop out to be honest because um, of how much uh, 
the amount of things we could offer. So yes, the Facebook group is now paid to get in. If you were in the group already though, which is about 3,100 of you, over 3,000 for sure of you, you are grandfathered in or you're grandmothered in, as I'd like to say. Um, However, if you're new, um, it is a paid membership. So you get that incredible Facebook community, which is definitely our most active place. Um, but you get so much more. Um, you could totally go on our website and see all of the details of everything that you get. Um, but a couple of them uh, that I'm most excited about, we have a casting system now, which is so cool. Um, so we regularly send out castings to our list of um, 100 plus talent managers who've, who represent an insane talent. And um, we connect the dots there. So if you have a casting and you're looking to like very efficiently reach over a hundred managers um, you can do that so simply in our system so we've got like this casting feature we also have recruitment of course for the most incredible talent that so many of you guys I've heard you you're you know furloughed from your job or you know people took major pay cuts um, you're experiencing these things at absolutely no fault of your own we're just really trying to get our members great career opportunities so we are super excited that a lot of people are actually hiring just so incredible so we're doing that um we also have all of these virtual events that we have been producing over the past many months we're really diving into that so whether they're educational events inspiring events or they are networking events we've got a whole calendar scheduled into 2021 and we're continuing to schedule that to be uh way past 2021 and all the events will be free to all of our members so look the paid memberships are either a monthly 29 bucks a month or the vip which is a bit more and again don't forget there's this 30 percent off promo for the first year so it's such an incredible value But for you, because you listen to this podcast, 30% off your first year using promo code podcast. Anyways, this week's guest, uh, her name is Natalie Carpenter. She knows so many people and um, I know why. She's so open and honest on this episode. She's been in the automotive world, which is where she got her start working in marketing and advertising. And then she went through her own journey of infertility. And that sort of changed her career trajectory when she really fully leaned into that and um, and Liz living her truth today. It's a blessing to be able to make a career out of something you're so passionate about. I'm trying to do that myself. And um you never want to let that go if you're able to do it. So Natalie is such an inspiration. I'm so excited to for you to hear all about her journey, her path to where she is today. And without further ado, this is Natalie. So Natalie, it's so nice to have you here, a fellow New Yorker who's currently in California. Um, I hope you're enjoying the sunshine, the space, and everything that California has to offer. So first and foremost, welcome. Thank you so much, Jesse. I am so happy to be here and thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So, you know, look, you were in New York for many years. How many years were you in New York? It'll be almost 14 years at the middle point of next year. 
Amazing. So you are like a true New Yorker, despite originally being from California. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I love a New Yorker. I, so I, I, I love that, you know, we can chat about the, you know, that we were practically neighbors when you were here and, you know, all the, the beautiful things about the New York that we love that it will return back to hopefully sooner than later. Um, I am excited to chat with you today just sort of about your like really interesting, rich professional background. Um, we heard uh, about you in the intro to the podcast. I would love to hear in your own words, if you could just share with myself, with everybody listening about your professional journey. I love that everybody has a different way to get to influencer marketing. I love a good, like varied path, an interesting story. So talk to us if you could and sort of recount um, how you made it to where you are today. Sure. Well, thank you so much. I've always been obsessed with brands and particularly brands that I would want to use, right? Whether it was something that I could afford, that I could afford or something that I couldn't afford. And so I think that I knew early on that I wanted to spend a lot of time in that space and um, I'm going to date myself and embarrass myself just a little bit by sharing that my very first introduction to grassroots marketing um, and particularly of the events varietal was when I was in college and um, I had the opportunity to be part of the very first Red Bull girl team in North America. Um, and yes, I drove around one of those cars with the wings on it and the freezer in the background. And things were a little less structured at that point. So I was able to create and found a lot of relationships in the community and partnerships, you know, whether it was a a 5k, a half marathon type of an event, or whether it was like an ongoing, you know, nightclub promoted type of event. Um, it was such a fun way for me to experience the world of events and make a lot of connections. And, and socially it wasn't bad either. So I realized early on, I wanted to be in the event space, the partnerships, the promotions and all the different things. Um, I, ended up going to the Mercedes-Benz Cup, which was a tennis tournament um, while I was a senior in college. And I look back and I, I'm, I'm so, sort of mortified that I did it, but I approached the vice president of marketing at the company and told him that I wanted to, to you know, work for Mercedes-Benz and I, I wanted to put together events like the one that I was at. And, you know, I, I for some reason, he gave me his business card and I pretty much stalked him until something came open. I got an interview and I got the job. And I remember on my first day finding out and looking at the, the phone systems that we had. And that's when like caller ID was like brand new and not everyone had it and seeing that they had like caller ID. And I realized oh, like that they knew how many times I had like called and stalked. I was a little embarrassed. Um, I also, you know, realized that like, I was just, I was weighing over my head, but I was determined. I was determined to make it. And uh, so therein lies the very beginning of the career. And that really shaped me for the rest of my career. Um, I oversaw 
uh, events marketing, for Mercedes-Benz, it was definitely a job that was way bigger than I had experience for. And that really, as I mentioned, shaped me because it gave me such incredible access to so many different experiences and people. And that's also when I realized how much I loved, you know, connecting people and brands and putting things together. And this is really before influencer marketing was a thing. I just loved how it felt to like create beautiful, you know, projects or create relationships for people. That was always my thing. So fast forward, I left the company. I ended up uh, consulting, thinking that I would do that for six months before I went back to a big brand again and ended up doing my own consulting work for about six years. That's what brought me from Southern California to New York. And I worked with clients that were on the real estate space, the financial space. I had a private jet client and it just opened up the world, made me realize like how like I needed to be in New York. Um, I wanted to stay there uh, for the long haul, probably not as long as I ended up staying, um, but I, um, I knew I was in the right place and that I needed to be there. And fast forward the recession, I took a long-term consulting gig doing um, some incredible integrated marketing work with US Symphony's group of Reader's Digest, working with brands like Every Day with Rachel Ray, Taste of Home, All Recipes. And that's really when I first started working with personalities um, in, and true like influencers in tandem with social media and paid advertising and, you know, using my experience with events and using my experience with strategy and, and development, all the different things. So that was my foray. Um, I loved it so much, realized like how awesome it was to get a steady paycheck again. Let's be honest, it was hard during the financial recession. So I applied to work at a boutique luxury um, PR agency that while I was there was acquired by Ketchum. Um, and I got to work on incredible brands like Grey Goose Vodka, Duce Cognac, Crumbs Bake Shop. I brought um, Ferrari in as a, as a project, which eventually turned into a client. Um, it was so much fun. And these were all brands that I either, you know, subscribed to um, or, you know, coveted like the Ferraris of the world. Um, and hotels were another, you know, client of, of ours as well. So it was a lot of fun. And that experience made me realize how much I missed working in the auto space. I was recruited to work at Audi. I went there probably in 2013, about six weeks after uh, I got married. Um, I started this new job and was there for five and a half years. Loved it. Oversaw all of the marketing in the Northeast for the brand. And I'm so grateful that I was able to, you know, work with so many, again, incredible people, found so many different incredible personalities, really had my hands in so many different facets of the business because of the way the marketing was, you know, structured and, and how much um, sort of, a, I guess, you know, runway space I had to work with. And I left in 2019, at the beginning of 2019, 
to basically found my own business. And I didn't actually know what it was going to be at the time. I just knew that it was going to be in wellness and would touch on fertility as well because of my fertility journey. I had decided to leave corporate and, and create my own sort of space um, just because I felt like I, I wanted to give back. I wanted to be in service. I wanted to be a purpose. I also wanted to continue you know, to create all of the things that I did in corporate America, but for this, you know, very integrated, I would say very engaged audience that I felt was underserved, particularly in the fertility community. So I've been working with brands um, in the, in the space, um, both for wellness and for fertility for the last year and a half or so. Um, for the brands, I will help with marketing strategy. I put together a lot of the event programming, um, influencer marketing campaigns, and it's been such an incredible experience. So that's what I've been up to. Uh, and I ob obviously have all the big plans to uh, continue to grow that and do some other fun things next year, including launching a collaborative to support women's reproductive health. But we are here now and um, yeah, working with people and connecting people has been very much a part of the soul of what I do and the way that it's expressed in my work. And I hear that, you know, I, I love hearing everybody's unique journey. Um, most most people that we have on this podcast or that I just speak with about their professional journeys, influencer marketing, like it is a bit like, so it, it's not a direct path. So there's consistency in that, but I, I always see a through line. I don't, I, I love that you have the self-awareness to say like, you know, my through line though, is that, you know, I'm, I, I'm always, I'm a connecting people and, um, and, and that I hear that I so hear that. And I appreciate that and how beautiful it is too to sort of build up this huge repertoire of experience to then parlay it into, you know, something that you're personally so passionate about, which is like reproductive health for women. Um, so that is so incredible. You spoke a little bit about um, events that you worked a lot in events and WIM does a lot of events as well. Um, we, uh, us along with everybody else, I assume, who focus on events is all doing virtual events now and how that world has changed so significantly. I'd love to hear your thoughts on just the event space in particular and how that's changed in 2020. What I love about the ability to go virtual now is that you can tap talent from anywhere, right? It's no longer exclusive to whatever city or you know area that you're in. So prior to this, most of the events that I was doing were in New York City. And granted, there was the occasional event that was, you know, outside, but it was catered to whatever, you know, city that was and the people that lived in that space and place. And I appreciate the connections that happen that, you know, can only really happen truly on such a, I would say, deep level in a, at a live event. And so I, I do think that there will be a space and place for that to come back at some point, because you know, I don't know about everyone else, but I, I certainly crave that. I think that 
what's been interesting with virtual events, both the ones that I, I've done for my you know, fertility wellness platform and also for my brand clients is that, as I mentioned, I can, I can now find talent from anywhere and it doesn't matter where they are as long as they are engaged subject matter experts and not always even experts, I, I would say enthusiasts at time. It really depends on what the topic is, of course, you know, but if it makes sense to whatever the platform is, I, I can tap someone now that is in New York, in LA, in Colorado, in the UK. And, you know, I, you know, I've tapped somebody in Australia at one point. It's amazing to be able to work with people from all over. And that just was not possible before this in, in this particular way, in, in such an accepted way. And I, I think too, what's interesting with virtual events is that it extends beyond just that experience in that moment with whoever is there, right? There's the ability to extend that message beyond it, beyond the event with a replay, with you know, talking about that. I mean, once it is recorded and virtual, it is out there. And it's not something that was so widely practiced even at live events. And I know that a lot of events were recorded and they were used for, you know, teaser, you know, pieces and, and what have you for later on or to upload onto their website. And, and whether or not people were really looking at that, I, I don't know. I was not one of them, that's for sure. Uh, but I, I think that now there's just as much engagement and interest in an event long after the event has actually taken place, as long as the conversation topic is relevant to whatever it is that that individual is looking for. So I just feel like the reach is so much more great. There is. And you don't have those, those hurdles, like you were saying, like, you know, if there's the perfect speaker, you know, that you would absolutely love to get in front of, of an audience, like there isn't, there aren't those additional hurdles that there were traditionally like, oh, you're on the other side of the world. You have to hop on a long flight. I got to, you know, schedule your time so carefully because it's not just the hour that you're speaking. It's the, you know, two days of travel plus this, plus that there's so many just logistics that go out the window. So just the ease of it, you know, is, is so it just is so much easier. And I just think that like across the board, you know, with all the changes that have happened in 2020, like, sure, I, there are certainly some, a lot of negatives, right? Like that, and, and even just some practical negatives, right? Like some people just, you know, you were saying you're like, oh, I crave those in-person events. I crave those in-person interactions. Like I miss those. Um, Yet on the flip side of the coin, like, you know, there, there are so many more, there are a lot of opportunities, um, with work from home to be more efficient with your time to, you know, with, uh, with, with events to just be able to, to have it cast a wider net. So, so important to just think about any and all positives that could come out of this year, especially when it's legitimate, right? These are legitimate positives. Um, and focusing on the content too, right? Like absolutely. Really focus more so on the content than ever before from a pure time perspective. Like I'm not caught up or thinking about what does 
you know, what does the, you know, fancy environment look like? What's the venue? What's the floral? What's the, you know, food look like? What are the tangible uh, sensory points? And, and listen, they are still important. And that's why I think that there is a, going to be a room and space for events when people are comfortable again and when the world feels comfortable again. But right now, that time is so much better spent for someone that's that's putting something together. So I'm able to focus all of my time and attention on the talent, on the programming and delivering something to someone that truly is going to be what they want to experience. And I can make it as interactive as I possibly can, right? You know, through questions and what have you, but that's also been an interesting way of learning what your audience listener is looking for, like, how do you know? Right. And so that's, that's been an incredible learn so far. And, um, and, and I'm grateful, you know, I'm grateful that people are a little forgiving too. That's the other piece I think that is interesting in all of this. Well, which part of forgiving of what? I mean, I, I certainly have an idea, but what forgive What are you referring I mean, to? Forgiving. Like if there is a dog that's barking in the background, if there's a child that is crying, if, um, if there is like a tech, you know, blip that happens, I think people are a little bit more forgiving. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen, I've been a part of as an audience member, at least a few virtual, many virtual events, but at least a few of them where all of those scenarios happened. Um, and if anything, it's, it's, it's a nice, I don't know. It's been a really interesting experience with this work from home thing. I got to tell you, you know, to your, to this point, you know, I mean, it's, there's this like high expectation for all of these things to be perfect all the time. And for, you know, God forbid you have a baby cry in the background or a dog bark. And when that happens now, yes, I've noticed the same thing. There's a lot more forgiveness. And in addition to that, it's this nice, moment of like, oh, they're just another person. Like there's this relatability part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, 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 uh, it's kind of refreshing and that's new. That's different. That didn't exist before, you know? A hundred percent. And I think that that, that humanizing factor is what makes people really feel like, even though we're all so far away, we're actually quite connected. We're all doing the best that we can. And that's, isn't that the core of what social media is and, you know, digital marketing and just anything online? I mean, really, truly at its purest sense, in its purest sense, that's what all of this is about. It's, it's feeling more connected, you know, to people that you would have never have come into contact with otherwise, right? Like, you know, before any of this all existed, your scope of living is so much more condensed. And um, with with all of these, you know, digital capabilities that we have, I mean, that is really, isn't that so much of the goal? It's to, to network socially, you know, and digitally with so many people that you just never would have come into contact with otherwise. I'd love to chat a little bit about um, even your, your, your time, you know, your work now, cause I do think it's, it's really incredible what you're doing. Um, I'd love to learn, you know, more about the, the types of 
maybe brands that you are working with and some of the, some of the goals of, of the work that you're doing um, these days? Sure. So it's interesting because I feel like so much of the work that I do now touches on what I fundamentally am passionate about. So it's, it's the connecting people, it's the engaging people in an authentic way. And to your point, you mentioned something in, you know, in our last you know, question about um, how everything is really just like condensed now and, and kind of exposed to and so there's this beautiful authenticity. The gifts are all yours at JCPenney's Happy Birthday Sale. Celebrate with 30% off select Levi's for the fam. Plus, save up to 50% during our biggest home sale of the season. Oh, and this Saturday only, the first 120 customers in-store get a coupon for $10 off a $10 purchase. Shopping is back. JCPenney. Levi's offer ends 417. Additional offers and coupons do not apply. Home offer ends 49. Coupon giveaway in-store only. Exclusions apply. Valid 49. Must be 18 there aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. That is happening. And maybe that's part of the reason why people are, you know, kind of forgiving. Um, but also I think that it allows for a deeper connection in that way because there's no real, like, hiding from, you know, there's no real hiding from the whole idea that we have to, um, that we don't have to be perfect, right? Like before we had, we had to be perfect when everything was live and, and all the different things. And now it's, it's like all this beautiful connection and it just is real because you can't edit out a virtual event and you can't like run behind the scenes and fix something at a virtual event. Yes, you, you mean you can, but not in the same way that you could a live event. So nowadays, in response to your question about what I'm doing now, I feel like the thread is I'm truly able to capitalize on the things that I enjoy doing and love. And the, the clients that I'm working with are, you know, they're different, but there's all this, there's all a beautiful thread of community and, um, and overall wellness. And to me, just so I'm, I'm being super clear, wellness means many things. Wellness isn't just self-care to me. Wellness also means community and that, that thread and that connection to mental health. It means relationships. And I think that there's so many things that, that fall under that bucket that I never really entirely thought about before, probably until everything went virtual. So um, I work currently with a um, a group called, uh, Hey Mama, and I, am their local community leader for New York city, which means that I effectively, um, well, I used to do in-person programming and events. And now I do online virtual, uh, programming, um, and events. And when they are doing larger summits and so forth, I support in, terms of talent and, um, and 
in, in that vein. Um, I've also worked with groups like Claudia Chan's She Summit and her events have pivoted from in-person to virtual as well, as far as programming and bringing talent in and um, helping to you know, define whatever message and um, shed light on whatever message it is that you know, either the, the group has decided or that I've brought forth and they are excited about. I work with several wellness brands. One is a, one is a, a supplement company and I was very used to like a little, um, I would say cautious and hesitant to work with a supplement company for many reasons, especially because of my own journey and fertility and so on and so forth. Um, it was a brand that I'd heard of. I started using it for a while before I started doing work with them, but I'm helping them. I, I love the brand. So I subscribe to it now. And so because of that, I felt compelled, like this is something that I can authentically support. And as a result, I'm helping them build out their fertility slash infertility community platform. Um, they're doing something in the social realm, uh, particularly in Facebook with an extension in Instagram. Um, they are also you know, doing some incredible event programming in which I've been bringing members of the fertility community in to support, support those discussions. And I do a lot of moderating because I, that's like my way of interviewing. That's my version of a podcast. Like I take these virtual events and get to ask all the questions and meet amazing people and learn all of these different things. And so now that it's recorded, it feels like, wow, this is like, this is my version of a podcast. Um, so I've been doing that for clients and I also have my own platform. I have a community within the fertility space that I've been building called Fertilest. And it is an extension of a blog that I started before I started my business, which is called Well in Lux. Um, I had started a blog when I was dealing with, with um, infertility treatments and I didn't want anyone to know about it. I knew as a marketer that as long as I um, you know, didn't share what I was doing with anyone and it existed online without like my first and last name that it, that it didn't like, I wasn't worried that I was going to get found out. Um, so that was like my first element. And then I came sort of out of the closet more extensively at the beginning of 2019. And, um, and what's evolved from that is this beautiful community, um, and this event program that I've been calling Sunday sessions where I have experts that are in the wellness world. And it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that's in fertility in particular, but everything, as I mentioned, has an extension to well-being somehow. And so in that vein, fertility can be, you know, positively influenced or supported. So that's, that's been a really incredible way for me to meet new people and, highlight new people and talent to that particular community, which is out there and that people don't realize is as large as it actually is. Um, so interestingly enough, one out of every eight couples will go through infertility and that there are far less, you know, couples or people that will talk about it. 
but there are a lot of wires and there are a lot of people that are trying to figure out how to optimize their fertility, how to find community, whether or not they want to be directly involved with it or not. So I built that platform based on that. So that's been an interesting way to, again, connect with others personally and, and support, you know, all the things that once really bogged me down. Like I had all of these emotional feelings attached to it. And I feel like I've been able to let go about so much of it because I've had this extension in community. And at the same time, helping other people feel like they're not alone. And from a brand perspective, it has been quite frankly, so fun to be able to connect brands with this particular community you know, and, and because of my background and, and the nature of me being so in it for so many years, like I, I'm only bringing forth brands that I believe in and that I'm excited about. So I think that because of that, the authenticity is already there. And I like these are brands that I feel like people in that are facing any sort of, you know, fertility experience should should know about. So it's been it's been amazing. It's been incredible. So all signs lead back to connecting and networking and, you know, truly just fostering community. And as I mentioned, that really has been, whether it's for my brand clients or my own brand that I've been building. I'm so into the work that you're doing. I can't express it enough. (laughs) Um, I, I, I love it. I think that it's incredible. I, I would love to I have two questions for you based off of what you were just telling us about, you know, my first question you mentioned briefly about how you kept your own work, your personal work, a secret for a bit. Um, And then you sort of like came out of the closet and, and shared what you were doing. You didn't even use your real name. Um, I would love to dig into that a little bit more and sort of learn more about why you did that. I have a feeling that you're, you're certainly not the only one that's done this. Um, and it's parlayed you into the next, the entire next chapter of your career. Would you have done it any differently now that you are where you are today? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that everything happened exactly as it did because I learned so much along the way. So I have no regrets. Everything happened in the timing in which I was comfortable in having it happen. And I think your question was why I kept it a secret for so long. And the reason why is because I was working in a male dominated corporate environment at Audi. And as supported as I felt professionally in many ways, it was Also, because I kept up this appearance of being this woman who, and I still am, is type A and, you know, was overachieving, was interested in climbing the corporate ladder, was, you know, never satisfied with where I was. I was always moving and pushing to the next level. I was always connecting people. And I think that I built so many great relationships, not just for myself, but for others. Um, And I genuinely enjoyed it that I think that helps, you know, me feel supported um, in a lot of of ways, but I felt like I was keeping up this, you know, ridiculous appearance where I had to like be all things to all people. And nothing was ever 
enough and I had to do better every single time. And it got to a point where, you know, it wasn't about competing with my colleagues. It was about competing with myself. Like I really felt like that's how I wanted to continue to be, you know, I was, I was always challenged. I never had a dull moment. Um, the word board does not exist in my vocabulary and I would never let that happen. So I loved, loved, loved working there and didn't want anyone to know that I was having trouble conceiving because I thought that there was something wrong with me. And so I thought that they would think that something was wrong with me and that it would sort of tarnish my image of, of being, you know, this rising star at, at work. I thought that if people knew how hard I was working at, you know, getting pregnant, they would wonder, well, she's like, you know, damaged, there's something wrong with her. And um, the other part was, I didn't want people to know at work because I was worried that it was going to affect my upward mobility. I didn't want the mommy tax that I have heard about from friends. Um, Not so much at Audi, that wasn't, that wasn't the issue. I was concerned that it was going to happen to me because I, I was just, you know, one of very few women at the company in the industry. And I thought that if, if this happens to women when they become pregnant, is it going to happen to me when I'm trying to become pregnant? And I didn't want anyone to know that I was going through infertility. And I honestly thought that if I outsourced it to a fertility specialist, that like IVF would be a guarantee and I would just get pregnant and like no one would ever know my dirty little secret. And then after having four treatments, two of which were IVF and they all failed, I realized that, whoa, this is going to take, this might take a lot longer than I thought. Like, and I was like trying to, you know, navigate effectively what is a second job of doing fertility treatment with my regular job and not having anyone know. And I had a very like busy schedule of, of traveling, planes, trains, and automobiles and all the things. And so I was just really concerned that, you know, that I would eventually like, you know, be found out. So between the second and third IVFs is when I realized like that I I needed a different outlet and there was no community at the time. So I decided that I was going to build my own, which is why I created a blog and I created a blog in hopes to try to find other people um, secretly, right? Like, you know, that I could talk to. And it's funny because some of those very few first few people that I met through the blog and specifically the ones that I interviewed um, that were coming out are now some of like my very closest friends and they probably in more ways than they'll ever realize eventually gave me the courage to, you know, come out more, you know, readily about my experience. And I think also it got to the place where, um, and I did eventually come out, but only to my boss initially. And it was because I was like bursting at the seams because I had this blog and I was meeting all these people. I wasn't really worried that I was going to be found out. I think I was at that point, just like so tired of carrying the extra weight around of, of like all of my two jobs. So, um, I just, yeah, to answer the the question, um, I, I think that it was, it was the two things of, 
uh, wanting to keep it a secret because of the mommy tax um, concern and because I didn't want people to think I was a failure. And both of them were completely unfounded. Well, a hundred percent. I, it's so brave of you to talk about this here, but you've been doing this work for a while. So it's even more brave of you to, you know, be, be sharing this message. I am so aware that you are not alone in this journey. And, um, and, you know, you spoke a lot about, you know, it, about the community element as well and how powerful that can be because simply by hearing one person like yourself sharing this message today, you know, someone who's listening to this feels immediately that like they're not alone in what they're going through. They have also experienced a mommy tax. They've also experienced, you know, working in a male dominated workplace where there simply are double standards and you're, you feel like you're just simply always trying to prove yourself um, to be, you know, the strongest, the most type A, the most, all the things that you feel like are, are necessary when in reality, you're just yourself and who you are is more than enough, you know? Um, you know, I, I, I applaud you for all the work that you're continuing to do because um, it's so important. I'd love to talk more about though, that community element, because I think that there is something so powerful in that. And whether you're listening and your community is, you know, the reproductive, you know, you're having hard time with fertility and fertility, or, you know, you're struggling with, you know, the, the BLM movement or the political movement. There are so many social issues that are, or, or combination of all of those things, right? Like there are so many social experiences these days that are really truly helped by having the support of a community around you. Um, this cannot be forgotten. Um, it's really the core of what we are doing as marketers. And it's the, it's where it's the trend where everything is going. And I think that you're so spot on in bringing this up because there, if there is a, a, a sense of that in any of the wor marketing work that any that people are doing, I think that that will lead it to be more successful. Um, so my question to you is, you know, what are different ways that you have been able to implement more of that human element into the work that you're doing? Because that's what I'm hearing consistently from you. There's a human is a human element in all of this that I think gives it a really refreshing breath of, of fresh air. Thank you. But so we're so much more than marketers, right? Like we market a brand or brands, but the, the fact is a lot of, I mean, I, I, and I, I hope everybody listening feels this way. I, I can't guarantee that, but I'm so grateful for being able to represent brands that I truly love. Um, but we're so much more than the brands that we represent or even the brand that we create, right? Like we are our own human person with a story and a journey and a litany of experiences that dotted along the way that have shaped us into who we are. And I think that finding other people that have those common threads, um, 
is so important. And that can look like so many different things. It can look like wellness. It can look like service. It can look like anything, right? I mean, it, it could, I don't know, it could be a love of Star Wars. I, I don't have that answer, but there are so many common threads. And I think within whatever community you're in, it can be as granular or not granular, but you're going to find like-minded individuals and it can be as broad or as niche as, as you want it to be. So some of the groups that I work with and I'm members with, like it's, it's nice to be a member of um, a specific warriors group is what it's called in the infertility space um, where there are people that understand what you've you know, gone through, are going through and what have you. It's nice to be, um, for me, part of a professional working moms group, right? And not everyone in it, many people have not experienced infertility issues and what have you, but it's nice to have that bigger picture. And then there are people within that, that certainly understand. And it's interesting how, when you put yourself out there, you find those people. And I used to be really scared of being vulnerable because I thought it was weakness. And what I realized is actually vulnerability is strength. It's so much more than, than bravery and what have you, because you realize that when you speak up, whatever it is, however, like shameful it feels, there are other people out there that feel exactly the same way that you do. And I think that is the beauty of, of community. And I think that's why I've become so passionate about helping people build it. And I'm not territorial about, you know, community. So I am building my own. I'm helping other people build theirs. Some some of the communities have crossover. I think the more the merrier. I think the more support you have for any given group or message whether it's women in marketing, working moms, or women that are going through IVF or trying to conceive or whatever it is, I think the more you have the ability to give power to the actual message and conversation and destigmatize anything that is happening within. And we become more powerful when we are given, or at least for me, when I became more powerful, when I was given the license to let go of so much of the emotional, you know, crap that was really weighing me down. And so I was really able to just focus and, and just do more good. And, and um, I, I think that so many people have that ability and, and you end up helping other people, whether you realize it or not, when you're part of the community. Thank you everyone so sure. much for listening. 1,000%. Like and what I also what love today, that I'm hearing from you is your experience sort of podcast. We love infusing that in your, your personal podcast, and professional life. And that like, it's episode. not so segmented, you know, I, I will speak personally. Like I used to have my personal and my professional life very, very split. Um, and it's just, it, it doesn't have to be like that. Um, if they're, if you're fortunate enough to be able to be in a position where you could, you know, infuse some of your personal passions and make them your profession so that your profession doesn't quite feel like work so much anymore. If you're able to do that, what a beautiful thing to be able to do. Um, so I love hearing that as well. And I hope that that inspires a few people because whether you're able to do that full time and make it your full time career, I would venture to say there's at least 
least a way to infuse a bit of that into any work that you're doing, you know, just putting your personal passions, your personal enthusiasm um, about something that you're, that really resonates with you and just putting that forth into the work that you're doing it. It's such a way to pay it forward. Um, And like you're saying, the little, what might seem seemingly so small to some one person, maybe you, you know, could really have a huge, huge impact um, elsewhere. And it really is a ripple effect. Um, so I love hearing that. Uh, I'm so sad that we're running out of time and that we're about to, um, we're about to end, but I would love to ask you this question. We ask this of everybody who comes on the show. What do you wish someone had told your younger self that would have given you a professional or a personal advantage today? To be totally candid, I think even if somebody had told me, I don't know that I would have listened because I feel like I always have to like make at least my own initial mistakes. Right. And then, and then I really learn from it. Um, I do subscribe to not making the same mistake twice. I'm just, yeah, that's part of the type A thing, but I've had my own fair share of mistakes. And so I would say that there's two things. One is I wish I had been more comfortable with failure I think that I was so wrapped up in having to do everything so perfectly that I, I did a disservice to my personal self and, um, and I wasn't particularly all that healthy as a result of it. I put myself last and that manifested in many different ways, including my own health. And I think I wish that I had given myself permission to just be okay with failure. I'm way more comfortable with it now. It's still uncomfortable. And if something that I do doesn't work, I just, I'm not necessarily as emotionally attached as I was then. Um, The other piece is I wish I had subscribed to the idea of if it feels scary and it's also exciting at the same time, then do it. I think there are so many things that I held back on doing because I was so scared. And quite frankly, my ego got in the way. I was afraid that I would be perceived a certain way. So now knowing what I know, I think that doing something as, as hard as, it, as it, it feels, and honestly, the harder frankly, the better, because if it feels like it's brilliant, but scary all at the same time, and it's going to take a lot of work, it means you're on the right path. And one of the, my most favorite quotes that um, a a now friend of mine that I I met during my journey, and and I have so much respect for her, her name is Claudia Chan. Um, I I think I mentioned she does the She Summit, and, and now I support her on certain projects. She says things happen for you, not to you. And that was such a game changer for me. And that was probably part of the reason that I started opening up and and talking and um, sharing my story. And with sharing my story um, personally and having that tie professionally now, it has, has given me the ability to go down a completely different career path, still leveraging my marketing background and the things that, that I love and I'm passionate in my expertise. So yeah, I would leave everybody with a things happen 
for you, not to you. And as hard as it seems, um, if it feels right and you're excited, even if it's scary, go for it. That's really powerful to hear. I have a feeling that a lot of women listening today are absolutely going to want to get in touch with you. And so if they want to do that, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? Sure. So I'm on LinkedIn and you can find me at Natalie Carpenter. My first name is spelled with an H, N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E, Carpenter. Uh, Sometimes you have to put in my maiden name for it to pop up, which is DeBerry, D-E-B-E-R-R-Y. And my Instagram, my personal Instagram handle is Natty in the City, although I should probably change it to Natty no longer in the city. And my fertility space platform is uh, at Fertilust, F-E-R-T-I-L-U-S-T. And my blog site is Fertilust.com, F-E-R-T-I-L-U-S-T. And more to come on that platform, that collaborative that I will be launching next year, the website for that, if anyone wants to sign up for the newsletter and learn more about that once it launches is wellandlux.com. And that's W-E-L-L-A-N-D-L-U-X-E.com. Thank you so much for having me today, Jesse. I really appreciate it. It's been so fun. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99-cents any-size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full-apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.